Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Hi there, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and we've got so much to talk about, you and me. But first of all, food, 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 that's the main thing. But first of all, I want to play you a song because it's the first Pandora's Lunchbox of autumn. Happy autumn, happy fall. And it's time to think of apples, apples, apples. And so here to start things off is a song that has nothing to do with apples.
Apple Scruffs by George Harrison. Like I said, it's not about apples at all. Nothing to do with apples. And this is a time to think about apples. Apple Scruffs is George Harrison's loving tribute to the people who used to hang around the Apple Studios in the 60s, hoping for an audition at the Beatles record label. He wrote that song and did it for his solo album, All Things Must Pass. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And I have a couple of food items from out in the field. A congressional report out yesterday says the federal government is failing to adequately regulate waste from large animal farming operations. Okay, get ready for this. There are some farms that produce more raw waste than cities like Philadelphia or Houston. Oh, that feels good. But the Government Accountability Office says federal regulators aren't assessing the health risks from the enormous quantities of manure big farms produce. I'm going to say this again because I like to say it. Enormous quantities of manure. (laughs) Dearborn Democratic Congressman John Dingell says the study confirms that the Bush administration favors big agribusiness over the public interest. The Environmental Protection Agency is considering a rule change that would lift some air pollution reporting rules for large farms. Thank goodness. Also out in the field, not not too far from us, in fact, near Toledo, a 16 acre cornfield near Toledo has been carved up in the likeness of Sarah Palin, the Republican vice presidential candidate, to form a tourist attraction's fall corn maze. The Butterfly House in White House is owned by Duke Wheeler, who says Palin created a lot of excitement in the campaign, and he was hoping to generate some of this, some for this year, some excitement, that is, for this year's maze. He says it took an artist from Idaho at least eight hours to mow down corn stalks in a Palin pattern, We need to be thinking about this Palin pattern, folks. We're going to have a logarithm that's going to be downloadable from all of your computers in just a few minutes. Mowing down corn stalks in a Palin pattern, complete with her familiar updo hairstyle and eyeglasses. That's an updo hairstyle. Not a beef, not a a beefsteak hairdo, no. Not, Not a beehive hairdo either. And not am able talking to you. Wheeler says he thinks the Alaska governor would be proud. I would be proud if somebody turned me into a cornfield. I would, I would. And it's exciting. i got to go to Toledo, and i got a report from there. I'm going to get right back to you on that. But in the meantime, what can you say about corn, and what can you say about big farms that produce? Where's the phrase? The phrase that created excitement for me. Uh, Wait, it's coming. Uh, Enormous quantities of manure. Yes, that's it. These things are all growing. It's growing. Fish 
So I'm walking up uh, William Street towards the studios of Pandora's Lunchbox, Studio PL, and some guy was playing accordion on his porch. I just had to share that with you because that's the perfect thing to do. He's playing accordion. It was excellent. Oh, yeah. What were, I, what were I just playing? I were playing The Temptations, and that was It's Growing, a fine tune, perhaps a little underrated, not as well known as some of the other classics they've done, but it is available on The Ultimate Collection on Motown. It's growing, and I think I'm going to look this up real quick. This is obnoxious while you're waiting for me to look. Think accordion. Think accordion. Accordion. This is, in fact, written by Smokey Robinson and Warren Moore. I just wanted you to know that. It's Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. I wanted to tell you what's going on in town. This has to do with food, although it isn't exactly food. Much in the same way I played apple scruffs earlier, which had nothing to do with apples. Bamboo shoots are food. Bamboo soup is food. Bamboo can be made into musical instruments. Stay with me now. Coming up this Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Burton Tower, the Clock Tower in downtown Ann Arbor, there's going to be a lecture by one professor, Randall Bayer, who is also a WCBNer guy, about the Sudanese, now I was going to say Sudanese, but I realized it's not from Sudan. It is from, it is the Sudanese Anklung. This is an Indonesian region, I believe. Okay, a history through photographs and sound of the Anklung. This is a popular bamboo instrument of West Java. There we go. I think I'm oriented now. It's played in ensembles that accompany agricultural ritual, public processions, and a myriad of popular music occasions. It is closely associated with Sundanese culture, yet its popularity has become a kind of identifier within national Indonesian arts, education, and media. Each anklung is a shaken instrument consisting of two to four tuned babu ba, oh boy boy tuned bamboo tunes tuned bamboo tuned bamboo tubes. You may now say that five times fast, ranging in size from several inches to four feet in height. There's a, an ensemble called the Anklung Bunsis, perhaps, consisting of nine anklung players, four dog dog drummers, one or two terompet players frequently joined in performance by dancers or martial arts performers. And, boy, that just sounds like a really interesting thing, and I took an ethnomusicology class way, way, way much longer ago than I'm willing to admit in the Burton Tower. So to hear about this being talked about, this is coming up this Saturday, 2 p.m., uh, Professor Randall Bayer, also of WCBN, will be talking about the Sundanese Anklung, a history through photographs and sound. I did not quickly enough get any stuff on bamboo, but maybe by the end of the show I will get my I 
my uh, bamboo in gear. <laughs> oh, Lord, that was funny. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and not really, not really that funny. But again, I have some more news for you. The Justice Department says it is investigating potential price-fixing practices into two major U.S. food industries, tomato processing and egg products. Federal prosecutors also have been looking at anti-competitive practices in the citrus industry for at least a year. Justice spokeswoman Gina Talamona confirmed the probes into the tomato and egg products industries on Tuesday. We have achieved probing of the tomato and the egg. She said prosecutors are looking at the possibility of anti-competitive practices in both cases. Anti-competitive? But eggs and tomatoes are two of the most fun things to throw at people. What are they talking about? There's a whole festival in Spain that involves tomato throwing every August. And I'm sorry I missed it. But throwing tomatoes at each other by the thousands, the whole, all the streets, there's an area of Spain that is just drenched in red. And I don't mean in a bad way. I mean in a good way. Well, this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and I want to get to another piece of news here. There's a lot of news going on, and I need to get you situated on this and everything like that. Where's, where's the thing about the tooth fairy? Hold on, the tooth fairy. Here it is. This is from, oh my God. This is really embarrassing. Not just kidding. Wait, let me just make a few more disheveled sounds here, and I think we'll probably be all set now. Well planned ahead. Now, the tooth fairy. This is from Lewis Carter, writing in The Independent of London. He reports that the economic downturn has put a crimp in the tooth fairy's generosity. The average amount left under a pillow for a tooth has dropped from one pound 22 pence to 87 pence in the last six months, according to research. The figures from milk producer Cravendale also show that 38% of British children do not get any money from the tooth fairy. Dr. Nigel Carter, chief executive of the British Dental Health Foundation, said the tooth fairy's visits are part and parcel of growing up for most children, so it's disappointing to learn that she's not been able to fulfill her duties lately. Hopefully the Tooth Fairy can weather the current economic climate, and we'll see her return to top form soon. This is the latest on the Tooth Fairy, and now this message. Happy teeth are neat. That's the latest word in dental health from the American Society of Dentistry for Children. Daily brushing and flossing to eliminate plaque, regular visits to the dentist beginning no later than age three, and cutting down on sweet snacks, especially between meals, can help keep them happy and healthy. Happy teeth are neat. Thank you, Nigel. Okay, now this is Pandora's Lunchbox. Here's more news. This is important. Shareholders of chewing gum maker William Wrigley Jr. Company have approved the company's sale to candy maker Mars, Inc., creating the world's largest confection maker, larger even than Willy Wonka's factory. The voting results were announced today at a shareholder meeting in Wrigley's hometown of Chicago. Candy is serious business. The holders of two-thirds of Wrigley's roughly 272.7 million outstanding common shares had to approve the $23 billion deal for it to go through. The sale to privately held Snickers and M&M maker Mars, are you following me, bumps Britain's Cadbury from the position of world's largest candy company. And I think that may actually have some connection to the problem with the Tooth Fairy in Britain. It's all very hard on the, the British psyche to deal with that. Brill Wrigley Jr., executive chairman and fourth-generation family member to lead the business, told shareholders the company respected its past as a family-run business but had to look forward. Ugh. That's not fair. He said the company will be able to grow in new ways under Mars's ownership. Well, let me just suggest that all people working for Mars, Inc. play this song to themselves five, five times each morning at full blast 
preferably at different intervals from each other, so it's really disorienting. Here we go. Thank you. Those are the undertones, and that is Mars bars. It is plural, and yet they say, I need a Mars bar. So I think there's a little bit of conflict of interest in there, maybe a little bit of a sugar buzz going that that causes a great deal of confusion. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food. Coming up at 7, Arwolf will help you to face the music, and that's the truth. And now for this message. In the dictionary, you will find a word pronounced peon, spelled P-A-E-A-N. It means to praise. However, an ice cream sponsor didn't endorse this announcer's choice of words. And now was a good time to pee on Brody's ice cream. Uh, ha, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yes, hope you've enjoyed that. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. This is very interesting because... PETA, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, have sent a letter to Ben and Jerry's asking them to change something of theirs, namely ice cream. This is a letter to Ben and Jerry from PETA. On behalf of PETA and our more than 2 million members and supporters, I'd like to bring to your attention an innovative new way from Switzerland, a new idea from Switzerland, that would bring a unique twist to Ben & Jerry's. Storkin Restaurant is set to unveil a menu that includes soups, stews, and sauces, made with at least 75% breast milk, procured from human donors who are paid in exchange for their milk. If Ben & Jerry's re- replaced the cow's milk in its ice cream with breast milk, your customers and cows would reap the benefits. Using cow's milk for your ice cream is a hazard to your customers' health. Dairy products have been linked to juvenile diabetes, allergies, constipation, obesity, and prostate and ovarian cancer. 
The late Dr. Benjamin Spock, America's leading authority on child care, spoke out against feeding cow's milk to children, saying it may play a role in anemia, allergies, and juvenile diabetes, and in the long term will set kids up for obesity and heart disease, America's number one cause of death. The veal industry could not survive without the dairy industry. Because male calves can't produce milk, dairy farmers take them from their mothers immediately after birth and sell them to veal farms. The breast is best. Won't you give cows and their babies a break and our health a boost by switching from cow's milk to breast milk in Ben & Jerry's ice cream? Thank you for your consideration. Sincerely, Tracy Riemann, the executive vice president of PETA. These opinions not endorsed by the regents of the University of Michigan, but you needed to know that there is, at the very least, there is a place in Switzerland, a restaurant that is using soups, stews, and sauces made with at least 75% breast milk, and that they're asking Ben & Jerry's to do the same. There is another event coming up in the area. We talked earlier about the lecture on bamboo instruments in Indonesia that's going on at the Burton Tower on Saturday at 2 p.m. In addition, on Tuesday the 1st, there's going to be a showing of a film at the Dana Building on the U of M campus in room 1040 called The Waterfront. And this is a bit of the blurb from that. Around the world, a battle is escalating around one of our most precious natural resources. Corporations are buying up the rights to water sources, turning it into a commodity and controlling its use by the people and ecosystems that have always depended on it. From Africa to South America, and even in the U.S., companies are pushing to privatize water, squeezing profits from it at the expense of those who need it most. The president has approved the Great Lakes Compact, which is an agreement between the eight states of the Great Lakes Basin, which lays out takings guidelines from major water suppliers in that area for use by large-scale projects and private enterprise. What that means in normalese is that it prevents people from big companies from withdrawing too much water from the Great Lakes. But it says here, yet the exceptions outlined in the compact fail to incorporate the public trust doctrine that protects Great Lakes basin waters from private export and sale. There's a lot more where that came from. You can read all about that at waterfrontmovie.com. The movie is showing at the Dana Building at the University of Michigan campus. It's in room 1040 on Tuesday, October 1st at 7 p.m. And you've been listening to Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. I've been Mike for at least as long as I can remember. We've had a lot of information to, to digest digest here. But nonetheless, I do want to share with you, again, the movie coming up Tuesday the 1st. That is called The Water, the Waterfront. And it is at the Dana Building at the University of Michigan campus, Tuesday, October 1st. And again, Dr. Professor rather Randall Bayer is going to be at the... Burton Tower, which is the big clock tower on Central Campus, talking about the Sundanese Anklung, which is a bamboo instrument in West Java, Indonesia. Again, I've been Mike for at least as long. Thank you for tuning in. And coming up in a moment, Arbel will help us to face the music. But in the meantime, I have just reached, within my reach, another song about food and something else entirely. This is The Undertones again, and more songs about chocolate and girls. This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor.
Gathers is Washtenaw County's food rescue and food bank program. Every day throughout the year, we fight hunger where we live. Call us at 761-2796 to find out how you can volunteer, how you can donate money, how you can donate food. Call us at 761-2796 to find out the role you can play in fighting hunger. Okay, we got you, kid. Ready? Hi, I'm Abby Hoffman. On the run, just listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor, Michigan. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. Good evening. Welcome to Face the Music. That was Elliot Sharp with the Happy Chappy Polka. If you desire your own copy of that, look for the album called Knots, that's N O T S, on Atonal Records. It's a, a retrospective compact disc reissuance of. A whole bunch of stuff from the early 80s, presided over by Elliot Sharp, one of our long-standing heroes over here at WCBN-FM. Tonight, just like every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, we're trying to figure out the human genome, trying to figure out human behavior. by turning the human race upside down and shaking it real hard and seeing what falls out. As you might have noticed, the United States of America is almost bankrupt and it's completely falling apart. This is largely because of the government of the United States of America. They have almost destroyed this country. 
It's pretty interesting.